Happy Friday, Bills Mafia. Welcome to yet another episode of the Friday Night Forecast. I'm your host, Travis Blakesley. And tonight we got the usual suspects. We got Herm the Nostradamus, the Buffalonian, with that 38-point prediction. How you doing, Herm? I'm doing great. Doing great. I love that game Sunday night. Go Bills. And Mr. Evan Zinger, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Good to see you guys. Uh, well, for the uninitiated, the Friday Night Forecast here, we like to break down the upcoming game. We're going to give you our predictions, our takes. And uh, it's not only about us because we'd like to hear your predictions. So if you would be so kind to leave some in the comments, whether it's stat related, um, even uh, score predictions, anything, you get your thoughts uh, read on air. So as always, like, subscribe, and share. You can always check us out at a later date on any of the audio podcast platforms of your choice. Um, but let's dive right into last week's game. Uh, this was a performance we were all hoping for the last two rounds. Um, the Buffalo Bills had a convincing victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I think there were a lot of people who got their, uh, their feelings hurt, uh, whether it was national media or uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans themselves. Uh, I think the first guy I would love to get into would be Mr. Dawks, Dawson Knox and his ascension. Herm, has this man turned the corner, and can we expect him to be one of the top tight ends in the league? Well, he's shown so far this season, uh, he's, what, leading the league in touchdowns for tight ends. And he, I think after he went to the tight end U that offseason, um, he always was pretty athletic. He had a tendency to drop some balls that were very catchable in the past, but this year he's made some super duper catches and he's given Josh that option away from, uh, from our wideouts and from Beasley in the slot, which I mean, now he's a, he's become a formidable weapon and teams have to pay attention to him. I thought about him today when I heard about the uh, Zach Ertz trade to the Cardinals and you, and you remember in the off season, that was a, uh, a point of contention and people were saying, Oh, we should go for him. The bills, we needed a tight end, but right, right about now Knox is, uh, as you said, he's ascending and I think he's only going to get better. So I'm loving where he's at right now. Yeah. I can't disagree there. Um, shout out to JD. Hello from 34,000 feet over in Manitoba. <laughs> Look at that. Your far neighbor, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan, uh your thoughts on Dawson Knox and uh his future going forward. Um well I've seen like I saw uh a tweet today of like Yes, get into talking. it please, get into yes. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um uh like calling him like a top 5 tight end. It's like no, like not hold your horses on that. Exactly. Like, hold your there's, horses. There's there's uh based on either uh, like recent track record uh, or performance this year. Um, there's a lot of, well, I don't say a lot. There's a decent amount of tight ends. I would, uh, I would take over, over Knox, even some tight ends who haven't gotten off to fantastic starts this year. Um, I might still take over them, but you know, you have uh, like, I can just name like five really quickly being uh, Waller, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, uh, Dalton Schultz. i from Dallas, I absolutely love. Um, and of course, and then of course you got young guys like Kyle Pitts who had a fantastic game last week as well. Um, 
by terms of but by terms of his progression, uh, I've really liked what I've seen from Knox. Uh, I just hope that he can keep it up over more than just this five game stretch, uh, particularly because you know we always talk about strength of competition. Daniel Sorensen, in my honest opinion, is probably the worst defensive starter in the entire league. So he's not going to be facing Daniel Sorensen's every week. So let's just see how he continues to do, and hopefully he can continue to be this consistent player. Yeah, I mean, it's like feast or famine with this guy. Either he needs to get cut, or you got people out there clamoring for him to be a top five tight end. I'm right there with you. I think he is progressing nicely. I think it's no coincidence that he's ascending in his third year and his Herm you mentioned going to tight end you it was very interesting that he didn't give his jersey to Kelsey they didn't swap he said no for some reason I don't I don't not quite sure uh backstory on that but I'm sure there'll be many more uh do you know Evan do you know if there's any reason no um did you see actually sticking on with the jersey swap did you see uh I think it was I, I can't remember who the other person was getting swapped but did you see uh the clip of Vita Veas struggling to get his jersey off when he was trading no, last night, but yeah, I, I'll I'll send it to you after after this. But yeah, he's like, because you know the guy's like freaking five hundred pounds, and he's like struggling to get his jersey off over his. Well, head. that and they're they're I mean they're like shrink wrapped to these guys, and it was hard. You know, it was hard when I played, and they were much looser fitting. Now they're just like little spandex. So I've seen. I think Isaiah McKenzie trying to get his off, and he's just you know his arms can't even reach up this to his shoulders. Like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Dawson Knox, uh, another formidable weapon. And as her mentioned, somebody who's uh, taking some snaps away from Cole Beasley. And if you're losing snaps due to great production, I'm all for it. You know, the, you got to get uh, game plan specific and we'll see how that goes forward. Um, now, transitioning to the guy who was throwing him the ball, Josh Allen. What a what a performance. Now. This is one of the performances where you look at the completion percentage, you look at the amount of actual completions he had, and uh, you know the distribu- distribution of the ball. I think like everyone outside of Knox only had like a handful of receptions. So, you know, looking at it on paper, outside of the touchdowns and the yards, it, it's one of those games where Bills Mafia will complain about because they want all the numbers. But we didn't hear anything of that this week. Uh, Herm, do you think this could be Josh Allen's signature performance of his young career? Well, he had, what, four throws um, over, I think, 30 to 35 yards, 15 completions for 315 yards. But he was, uh, he was accurate. I mean, we had, he did have an interception that we had the roughing the quarterback on, which would have taken away from his, uh, would have reduced his QBR ultimately. And also Which saved you. It saved you personally. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, did save, it did save me. <laughs> it did save me. But overall, I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, combining his throwing and his running. He ran the ball. The design runs for this one of the first games where I liked the some of the design runs they had. We were pulling guards. Uh, Mitch Morris was pulling on one of the runs as well. So we pulled guards and the center. And he ran the ball well. He ran the ball, and he looked—he ran the ball looking very, very. He looked like a running back on a couple of the plays. 
And and you add that to his ability to throw the ball. Uh, I think it was one of his best performances since he's been a since he's been a Bill. And I just hope uh, I hope he can continue it moving forward because he was uh, he was outstanding. He gave you everything that Josh Allen brings to the table, all in one nice little game package. Yeah, uh, I loved the the if you noticed. Dayball went back to a lot of 2018 play calls. There was a lot more big men in the game. Gilliam had over 20 snaps. Um, Sweeney was in there a lot. And there was so many more design runs. Um, and I just think he executed them perfect. He got down when he needed to. He went for the extra yardage when, when it was necessary. And he held on to the football. So, Evan, do you have anything to add on to uh, what Herm said? And do you believe this was one of his best performances as a bill. Oh, absolutely. Um, the thing about like the stat line and everything, the play calling, all of that is it almost perfectly summed up Allen as a player in general. Like, you know, obviously the completion percentage isn't going to be insanely high because his depth of target was further down the field. But just looking at that number, you're like, okay, it's not insanely high. That's very Josh Allen. Well, at least that was his reputation before last year. Um, and then like, he has, he has a bunch of throws that are like 20 plus yards down the field. And then you have a bunch of designed runs for him. And he's always has to have a couple plays where regardless of how well designed they are, he, he's running around kind of looking like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, and honestly, like it, it was just a game that was just fun to watch him, uh, Mm -hmm. to watch him play because as and I agree to your point that it did look a lot like 2018 style of play calling. Um, you know, obviously the design runs and then creating those uh, 20 plus yard chunk plays that just happen to also go for touchdowns as well. And even go further than, you know, just 20, 30, even 40 yards uh, when it comes to the the Knox one near the end of the uh, first half. Um, and I mean, I know, Bills fans don't exactly care for them, but for what it's uh, for what it's worth, this was um, uh, according to PFF, this was Josh Allen's highest graded game in his entire career. Yeah, and and you know it goes to show that sometimes you can't just look in the stat column um, because your your eyes did not lie uh, on Sunday night. He 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 rose to the occasion. There there's a handful of specifically night games you know it's no coincidence i guess now you know it's a trend where you can just see it in his eyes um from the start of the game it, it reminded me a lot of the new england game although less efficient and a lot of uh the san francisco game where bullets were flying but he 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 dealt with it in the first quarter and there were you know not that there was a ton of adversity this week but you saw him calm down and the offense as a whole you know, there's a third quarter lull, and I'm just glad that we're not talking about, you know, last year that got beat to death where it was third quarter, third quarter, third quarter. It didn't seem to affect the game, and I think the the main reason was the defense. I mean, that's the difference between this year and last year in uh, in most of these games. So moving on to the defense, I mean, there isn't a better defense in the league we lead on most significant uh, categories. Hermie, is this something that we can sustain going forward? Especially if you look at the, the, the uh, caliber of teams we're playing in the rest of the remaining uh, season. Yeah, I, 
I think that, well, in my opinion right now, I agree with you that I feel our defense is, if not the best defense in the league, we're in the top two or three. But our back seven, the front four is, they did a great job of, uh, for the most part, of keeping Mahomes in the pocket. I remember one time when he had about seven or eight seconds to throw, but he couldn't get out. We had seven men in the coverage and ultimately ended up, uh, I think the pass was deflected by by either Hyde, by Hyde, by one of our safeties. But I think the defense right now, um, we got Milano will be coming back. Klein did a great job. Our linebackers are playing well. The Our, our defensive backfield has been outstanding. Even um, the guys coming in off the bench, our reserves, that I love the way that they're even rotating on that defensive line. And our young guys, uh, Rousseau, Defensive Player of the Week, second time in a, what, second week in a row, we've had the Defensive Player of the Week with our young, I mean, we had Edmonds and then we got a rookie, so. Third week in a row that we've had just a Player of the Week in general. Yeah, Josh was the week before. Yeah, That's right, yeah. that's right. But defensively, I think uh, I'm psyched. It could, because I've been waiting for two, three years for both the offense and the defense to be playing at the, about the same level. But our defense is playing. I, I, I feel that, as you said, they're the difference. They are the difference. Herm, we've, uh, we've been waiting 25 years for the offense and defense to play together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if well, we're really being honest about it. I mean, yeah, the Bills yeah, have I, always I, had a good defense and a decent running game. They just couldn't throw the ball. And then well, there was one, we start throwing a, the ball and then we couldn't stop anybody. Well, in 2004, there was a pretty good offense and defense. They yeah, just decided to half the year. Half the year. Yeah, and so, then they just decided to not, you know, show up against the Steelers' backups, which I will never forget. But so I guess the 25 the conception is right. of Willie Parker. Because yes. you guys are younger than me, so I do, I do. There is a time when our offense and defense were both high powered. For yeah. A while, so yeah, uh, but that was a little bit before uh, your time. <laughs> well, I was just gearing up to understanding football, and it was like I'm here, and I'm I'm the meme where it's like, where where'd the football go? What's going on? Here? That's right. Uh, shout out to Saran Neal. Um, I thought I loved, regardless of how he rated, regardless of the penalties, I thought he did exactly what he was. He was just a little, it was a little pit bull out there, just sure just was. just hitting, pushing, get getting getting that early contact on um, Kelsey, which is huge because on Kelsey's one big catch, he was untouched off the line of scrimmage. And that really, I mean, that says it all to me. It's like, you got to bump these guys. And uh, also shout out to Taron Johnson, who's, you know, playing out of his mind this year. He, uh, you know, he got benched last year because of his performance against the Chiefs. And now, you know, he's just playing on a completely other level. Uh, it's you know, another just contract. a whole year. Yeah, exactly. But a whole year, it just, Bill's Mafia, sometimes we just need to relax. They can develop. They can get better. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't always his biggest fan, and I wasn't sure he'd be on the roster, but big shout-out to Taron Johnson and his play. Uh, Evan, do you think this is a sustainable defense, the way that they're playing? I know the turnovers may not be, but overall. Well, I was just going to mention the turnovers because the main thing I think with this defense is, yeah, like the, the amount of turnovers they have is contributing, contributing a lot to their success. Um, but they are also stopping uh, teams on, like, fourth down. Uh, doing routine things like getting them off the field on third and long, you know, because before you might have that occasional one where it's like, okay, they had no business converting this play, but they still did. 
Um, the only thing uh, I pointed out to a couple people in uh, the Chiefs game is that, you know, people are going to say like, or and people have said um, about how great the defense played uh, because they had three turnovers. Was it three? Yeah, it was three turnovers. Um, what you? I really wish there was a stat that was like forced turnovers because you, you separate the good defensives from the bad ones when you can see how well they create their own luck potentially, or how well they just play on their own without or without hoping that uh, the other team is going to screw up. Because, like, for example, in the Chiefs game, you had uh, the one Mahomes interception went right off Tiger Hill's hands. That's not really a good defensive play. Thankfully, Hyde was right there to catch it and took take it back to the house. But, you know, and... He, and, may, have, he may have felt the footsteps yeah. a little, you know, potentially. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. He should have caught the ball. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I think I think Hyde was like right there, so he would have um, tackled him and stopped him anyways. But right, yeah, wouldn't have been a pick six though. Um, no. And then uh, the uh, of course the Mahomes fumble was just a snap that went right through his hands. Like that's yeah, that's nothing. The defense that's did. not on us. And then like obviously great play by Rousseau for um, his interception. Uh, even though that one. Um, I know I know a lot of people are like, oh, you're you, you can't blame Mahomes or of course you you guys aren't blaming Mahomes for for anything because he's the perfect quarterback and yada yada. But like legitimately that that one is is not on Mahomes at all. That's just Rousseau being damn good. Exactly. Which is what yeah. I like to see, because like 99 percent of the time, those balls just hit the, they get batted and they hit the dirt. Right. So or we're not even touched. Too, you know, frankly, yeah, or because uh, I the the blame on that play goes on uh the right tackle uh Niang for Kansas City him. because he didn't engage it properly. Yeah, he it's 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 a bold move to try to to block a guy like Russo up high when when a guy's running when you're trying to do yeah. a quick little out pass. Yeah, that definitely didn't look good on film for him. Um, no, it was it was a lazy. It was like, okay, this is going to be a quick throw, so I don't have to do much. Little did he know, this guy's got condor wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, the defense. Uh, hats off. I always I, I thought the defense was more telling in this. Although you know, it was great to see the offense perform because they didn't in the last two uh, meetings. Herm, the last question I want to ask you before we move on to this week's game is what what does this win mean for the Bills? They they always say it's the next it's just one game and we all know it's kind of nonsense. What do you think whether it's in the standings or just psychologically, what does this mean for the Bills? Well, it it means a great deal. First of all, I've been saying, and I know a, a bunch of Bills Mafia after our losses last year in the regular season and ultimately in the championship game was that the roadblock for us in the AFC would be Kansas City just by virtue of the fact that you had Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, and they're pretty young. Their team is pretty young, and they beat us twice. So now we had an opportunity to play them in the regular season. And they needed that game from a, a scheduling standpoint, if you want to call it that, because that's their third loss in the conference at, on, in week five. So 
So us, we were three and one. We could have, we would have been three and two had we lost. But from a psychological standpoint, uh, I think you could see it in the in the offense and the defense that we wanted that game, and it it I felt there a metric for us to 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 cross was to beat Kansas City. And last year we lost to Kansas City and Tennessee back to back, and now we've got Tennessee coming up. So I don't. I uh, I feel like the Kansas City game, there was exhilaration in Bills Mafia, but and it was rightfully so because we vanquished them and we looked really really good doing it. So you can see the media across the 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 spectrum, the print media, the television media, the uh, the you know the online media. Now all of a sudden, the Bills. We I think we felt that way. We're biased, very biased, but. I think we've gained the attention. Objectively. Of, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Evan, um, do you think this has any, it, let's say they lost this game. Do you think that outside of seeding or anything like that, do you think that, that it would have made a difference in the overall, uh, you know, production of this team and success of it? Um, I would say it probably wouldn't have. Um, it just would have gotten people down on the team. Right. for the foreseeable future or like the near future, uh, especially because, you know, the upcoming schedule or like this two game set right here, it's probably the hardest like back to back set of the entire season. So I'd say, you know, obviously like if you lost to Kansas city, I would say you have a higher likelihood than the average team you're playing throughout the year that you'll lose to uh, Tennessee. So you in a world where you lose both those games, the Bills are at 500. Right. And it, now it's like, even though they're really better than their record, you know, 500's factually average. And it just doesn't feel as good, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty much there with you. Um, I just wanted to give this little update by backbone shout out uh he said knox because didn't give it his jersey because it was his first hundred yard game which, which makes sense um but enough of last week it's in the books we don't have to talk about it anymore uh i know I that was a fun game yeah it was a fun <laughs> game this is, it, it was a great game you know i i think i lost my voice at halftime herm <laughs> yeah we got, there, we, we got to watch the game we got to watch i watched it yeah we watched it at herm's place so now i have to go back next week i gotta leave the hermit <laughs> chill and go to herman's house uh oh actually can i i do have one thing i'd like to add sure um and maybe you two can comment on this i don't know um i really liked how because remember because of the weather delay they essentially played two different games when you think about it like that, yes. because the gap in between was so long, either two different games or a Super Bowl halftime show. You could either do one or the other. Um, that would be nice. In, if we, the if New Orleans games. one. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I, it really impressed me how, because I remember watching the game, you know, the Bills are 28 to, 28 to 13 at halftime, and then the weather delay comes, and... Regardless of how well the Bills have been in recent years, there's always that little voice in the back of my head that goes, Kansas City's going to come out of the half and they're going to score yeah. like 30 points, aren't they? You, you and the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. So I was really impressed with the fact that they were able to come out and still be as good as they were before yeah. the half. Yeah. yeah. Herm, what you got to add to that? They were focused. I mean, <laughs> we had that. We had to kill. As, as Travis said, we were together. So 
we had to kill that time during that, but we were also fretting, waiting for the other shoe to drop, as you just said, Evan. Yeah. But well, they came yeah, out. There's no way it helped us. Right. Because yeah. you got you cooled down, you're just sitting around. You remember they were complaining about the peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> and, and how hot it was in the locker room. And some of the guys were sitting in the tunnel. I think they showed them on television mm -hmm. just to uh, stay cool. But they did stay cool. They came out and then they continued doing what they did. I mean, not we had that lull, as you said earlier, in the third quarter. Uh, but all in all, the defense, as you, as Travis said earlier, the defense allowed us to put our foot down and put put the and the offense came, made some plays, and we finished the job. So that it was a good point, Evan, because that could have been a, a huge distraction, and it gave us an it gave them an opportunity to regroup if you wanted to Kansas City because they had to be kind of they were shocked they were shell shocked after that first half because. Uh, uh Josh obviously, you can't you can't predict you know well I, well you can't predict the weather, but obviously you can't um, like necessarily foresee like a weather delay coming in that regard. Yeah, right. And um, whether it was just whether it was luck or strategy, I don't know. But low key, a really good decision was uh, at the made at the beginning of the game when uh, McDermott decided to give Kansas City the, the ball first, and then particularly the defense holding them to three points on that first drive because. You know, if the if the offense comes right out and scores a touchdown, it can be really discouraging for the rest of the game. Um, but the fact that you know they held them to those three points, there's that long weather delay, and then it's like, oh, we get the ball back too. Right. Like, I'm and sure a large that... amount of fans left too. Yes. So yeah. it's yeah. always quiet coming out of halftime, and then people leave. I mean, it's always a good idea. I I don't know outside of weather, like weather specifics. And choosing like the direction of the wind, I don't know. I would never really take the ball. I like getting it at halftime, and I'm glad that that seems yeah, to be there. I was yeah. I was that that guy back playing like Madden like nine or like two thousand, where I'd, I'd always kick, and my friends would be like, "Dude, what the hell? Why wouldn't you take the ball first? Yeah, I want to double up on those yeah, points, baby. I'm like I'm doubling up. Yeah, <laughs> I was like yeah, four. I was like four. At the I was like four at the time, and I I still do about that. Yeah, good for you, little Evan. Uh, Growing up, uh, <laughs> right. All right, so let's get into uh, this week's matchup against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the injury report. Uh, the Bills are healthy. <laughs> the Titans are a little more healthy than they were, but they haven't been healthy all season. It looks like the only person who's really in doubt and probably not necessarily, you know, he might play is Taiwan Jones because I believe he didn't practice last week and he played. Um. As far as the Titans and and remember, this is this is technically Thursday's uh, report because everyone pushed their practice back a day. So you'll get your your quote unquote Friday report tomorrow. That's the big one. Um, oh, and I forgot Matt Milano's limited practice, so that was good. Um, they got a ton of you know Caleb Farley, Christian Fulton, both uh, cornerbacks. Farley has an illness, and they haven't really talked about it. Fulton has a hamstring, so those are ones that, you know, are, are tough to really uh, gauge. A big one, in my opinion, their best offensive lineman, uh, Roger Saffold, didn't practice with a shoulder injury, which is, again, that's, that's huge uh, pertaining to his position. Uh, Taylor Luan has been hurt all season, and he, when he's played, he's, been, he's looked pretty bad. I think he's very overrated, but we'll get into that. 
And then the two big ones, uh, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, both full practices. But they have uh, soft tissue injuries, hamstrings. So who knows? You know, this is a team that's just been – they haven't been cohesive, and a lot of it probably has to do with their injuries. Uh, the weather report, which has played a big factor in the last two games, it's going to be clear and cool. Uh, they're expecting low 50s. Um, if it was a day game, it would be sunny, but clearly, you know, the clears the sky will be clear. Um, now, moving into the opponent themselves, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. The Titans are scoring 26.4 points per game, which is 10th in the league, 167 rush yards per game, which is third. So that's pretty much their MO right there. Uh, 221 passing yards per game, that's 26th in the league. And they're completing third down at a rate of 38.6. This is a team that has a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Arthur Smith was a huge part in their success um, last year. And I, you know, is it a coincidence that their their offense has not been passing the ball well under uh, new offensive coordinator Todd Dowling? Who knows? That's remained to be seen. Uh, the interesting thing about Todd da- uh, Downing is that. He was actually a Bills quarterback coach in 2014. Um, I, I did not know that prior. Uh, but again, this is a team that's going to beat you. That's going to have a steady dose of uh, Henry. I mean, he's had more. He's on pace to shatter his rushing attempts, and he's been run a lot in years past. Um, they have. They are successful when they do use play action, but it, they haven't used it all that often compared to last year. Um, the team really relies on that power run game to set up the play action, but uh, we haven't seen much of it this year. Uh, Herm, why don't you get into uh, the offensive passing game specifically? Well, you got Tannehill's uh, about a 60, he's 64% completion, right? But as you said, they're not, they're not using, or it hasn't been as effective their um, play action. Derrick Henry, as you said, two games ago, he carried the ball for 33 times, which is amazing. But he's averaging really 4.5 yards per carry. His season, over the, on the season, he's had like, I think around 600, just over 600 yards rushing in five games. And that's skewed because you remember the one game he had, uh, two, he, you know, he had a huge game. Um, out of the backfield, the Second best receiver for them has been Chester Rogers, who's gotten 13. He's caught 13 balls. Uh, well, every receiver he's been, he's got caught 13 balls at just about 14 yards per catch. Julio Jones, uh, he was hurt a little earlier, so he's really only played three full games. Julio's had 12 catches, averaging 17 a catch when he does get it. A.J. Brown, as you said, he's been kind of injured. He's surprising because he's only caught 10 balls in five games and he's averaging about 13, about 13 yards per catch. Jeremy McNichols now 17 receptions coming out of the backfield, which uh, is something we should really watch for. Now he's been averaging about nine and a half yards a catch uh, with 17 catches. So for a running back coming out of the backfield, that's a, it seems like uh, he's getting a lot of balls. Got a little James White in him. Yeah. Yeah. So offensively, as you said, Derrick Henry is carrying the ball a lot, but four and a half yards a carry is 
Yeah, I'm going to say mediocre. They say if you gain four yards a carry, you're, you're doing pretty well with four and a half yards a carry for him and the perception of him. Yeah. Is uh, he hasn't been a world beater this year, and they've been using him a lot. They've been using him a lot. Yeah the the co- the term I like I coined for for Henry is he is the the uh, Muhammad Ali of running backs because he rope dopes you. He gets nothing, nothing, nothing. Third and fourth quarter, this dude he'll unleash, he'll lull you to sleep, and then I can't. I've had him on my fantasy team the last two years. This year, I didn't really want him because I felt like he was going to fall off, but. I'll check at halftime and he's got nothing. And then I come back and he's got 30 something points. Um, it's unbelievable. And, you know, to, to just um, jump on your point before I <laughs> swing it over to you, Evan, Henry has not been productive against Buffalo. Um, in uh, the last f- few meetings, 2020, he had 19 attempts for 57 yards, 2019, 20 attempts for 78 yards. In 2018, 11 attempts for 56 yards. He wasn't really, he didn't, ha- he hasn't, he didn't take over the, because remember, he was this guy where they weren't like starting him right away. It was very odd. He had like an interesting start to his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a second round pick, right? So, yeah, but he was a freak. So it was just, it was odd. Like I, I expected, I thought he might have been a bust, you know, uh, up until he, his explosion. But, uh, right. little Evan, did what you, you know, it was call? him busting through every single defensive <laughs> line. Good one. Uh, what do you got uh, on this offense? Um, so I'm just checking right now, and I think the one of the big points, and uh, Kenny just just brought it up in the in the chat, yeah. is uh, the amount of pressure that uh, they've been um, the uh, Tennessee Lions given up this year. Obviously, Lawan's been hurt. Saffold uh, is a much better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. As a collective unit, they're much better at run blocking. Um, Ben Jones hasn't been quite as good as he's been. Nate Davis is pretty bad, like Cody Ford bad. Um, so, yeah. So is just... Questenberry. Oh, yeah, and Questenberry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he have he, – was he the, the one who had um, had cancer at one point? Because if he did, I'm surprised, I'm surprised they don't bring it up every single damn second. Um, well, I think we'll find out Monday if that's the case. Yeah. The the if if only he was a running back like James Conner, um, yes. But uh, Ryan Tannehill in particular is a guy who's absolutely great out of the play action, and because the pass blocking has been so bad, um, they haven't been running as much play action. I I believe I don't think it's a it's a it's a downing thing. I don't think it's a particular change. Just that they realize that they're not gonna they don't have the time to uh, let play action develop and. Tannehill last year uh, had play action on um, the most uh, had the highest percentage of his snaps be play action passes um, out of any other quarterback. Allen was third. Allen's at seventh this year, so not a huge drop for him. But Tannehill's down to sixteenth this year. And yeah, like I said, I don't think that's a downing thing. I think that's just the line's been so bad that uh, you're not gonna, you know you're not going to have a time to get the full motion to to develop and in particular that's um uh if the bills can generate pressure that's going to be a, a big key because um again it's pff grade take it for what you will but uh Tannehill has the second biggest gap in grade when throwing from a clean pocket compared to under pressure 
So from a clean pocket, he's got a grade of 95, but when he's under pressure, he's got a grade of 48. So there's a pretty big it gap shows. right there. Yeah. I was watching, uh, I think I watched four of the games, and there were a strong vibes of Tannehill in Miami. Um, just eyes caught downfield, oblivious to what's going on around him. And like you said, if he's not on the run, that's why I think the play action was so, so, uh, so beneficial because a lot of the play action were boots and he was, he was, he beat, he beat us really badly on running and throwing out of the boot action. Um, but I saw a ton of those Mario William type sacks where he would just get engulfed um, very early on in, in the, the progression when he's reading down field and, I mean, 20 sacks, and it's, you know, we're going into week six. It's it's alarming. Uh, one stat I wanted to throw out, um, backup left ta- tackle Tyson uh, Barlow uh, <laughs> retired this week. So <laughs> I guess he's tired of getting beat up. Uh, he was a guy that was kind of running Tyson. on the field a lot when Luan he, – he used Luan's backfield, uh, backup, and, you know, there's – handful of games where he was playing but i guess he wasn't too fond of that anymore so he's no longer in the league. Tired, yeah. my, wow. my uh my uh <laughs> I, I didn't clue in for a second because i i didn't I, I wasn't aware of the the player you were talking about and i'm like who the heck is tyson barlow and i i i heard it as tyson barlow and i'm like who the heck is that i'm like oh yeah <laughs> well, first name's, his first yeah. name is just ty yeah ty, ty yeah um, but we won't have to worry about him. So no, no. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on to the defense. Uh, overall, giving up 26 points per game, which is 24th in the league. 113 rushing yards per game, which is 21st. 264 yards through the air, 21st. Uh, they only have 10 sacks on the season, which is 17th. Um, and their third down conversion rate uh, is 20th in the league. So. Their identity, they really don't have any because they haven't been healthy at all. I mean, you got guys like Bud Dupree, who is a free agent signing, who really hasn't moved the needle too much. I know he was injured. Um, their secondary has been in shambles. I, I know they have, they have a, um, a good safety in um, Kevin By- uh, By- Byard. Byard. Um, but... Outside of that, I mean, Simmons is a good player at defensive tackle, and Harold Landry is is a solid um, pass rusher, but they just really haven't been able to do much. And to be quite frankly, it's surprising because the last two years under a defensive coach like Vrabel, it's very surprising how bad they've been. Herm, what do you got on this uh, Titans defense? Well, it's interesting because I took a look earlier, uh, and of the top 11 players for tackles, solo tackles, there's only one defensive lineman in the top 11, and that's Simmons, as you just mentioned. But you have Long, uh, David Long, Harold Landry, Evans, Janoris Jenkins. You got cornerbacks and Bayer had 19 solo tackles along with their linebackers. So obviously teams are getting to the second level. They're making a lot of tackles in, the, in that back seven. There's only, as I said, Simmons is the only one of their defensive line that's in the top 11 players in terms of uh, solo tackles. And Landry has about Landry's had four and a half sacks, but they've only had 10 all season. So 
I'm surprised too because Vrabel is a, he's a defensive guy and his defenses have played well at Tennessee, but from what it's what it, the way it appears, you're you're getting to that second level and you're forcing their linebackers in there. Deep, they have three DBs that have 18, 16, and 19 solo tackles. So that's a problem. Yeah, it's very problematic, right? And I mean, to have only one D lineman within your top 11 tacklers is problematic as well. So uh, hopefully uh, it's a, a portent of things to come Monday night for us. Yeah, the this is a secondary which the Bills should be able to take advantage of. Um, they run a lot of zone and you can, you know, maybe maybe this will be the return of Cole Beasley just sitting down in between the zone. Um, but we will see. Evan, what do you have on the Tennessee defense? Uh, it I will say that uh, it will be interesting to see how the Bills use Knox this week because their sa- the Titans' safeties could not be any more different, really. Bayard is arguably the best safety in, in the league right now, and uh, Bradley McDougald is, exists. Um, he's he's one-dimensional, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess depending on who they decide to cover Knox with, I, if it's, if it's Fitzgerald or uh, why did I say Fitzgerald, if it's McDougald, um, I can see Knox having another big game inspired, probably not, but, um, and honestly, I think your entire secondary, um, just deserves to get completely discounted. If, uh, you have one of your starters, uh, go by the name Jack Rabbit. <laughs> the former the former Janoris Jenkins. Janoris now, known Jenkins. As, now known as Jackrabbit Jenkins. Yeah. Uh he in my notes under Janoris Jenkins Jenkins, I just wrote has been. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's like it's like one of those guys, even like to to the exact antithesis of him, uh Cordell Patterson. Like when I saw him, like, and you look at his stats like First of all, I can't believe he's still in the league and he's playing at this level. It's like, have we just been using Cordero Patterson wrong this whole time? Running back, right? Sorry, I did get I did get uh McDougal's name um mixed up. I, I meant to say uh, uh Kirkshank, not McDougal. Oh, dang, dang, yeah. dang Kirkshank, Kirkshank, right. yeah. 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 Like crap. I felt like I was saying something wrong there, but it's all right. Yeah, McDougal sounds better. It does. Yeah. <laughs> All right, matchups. Um, Herm, what's a what's one of the uh, whether it's a key or just an interesting matchup? What are you looking forward to on Monday night? Well, the thing that jumps out to me when you think about Tennessee and you talked about is Derrick Henry. They have to get him going, and the run some type of run game at least to take our focus off to make us respect that run as you said he hasn't really he hasn't run wild on us and i don't want it to happen monday night so our defensive line has really they've uh they've been pretty stout and against the run game we've done we've done well and he hasn't uh in past performances had super duper games as he's had I guess the one thing he's remembered for with Buffalo is tossing Josh Norman to the ground. And you see that play that didn't count. Exactly. You see that video (laughs) all the time. They actually interviewed McDermott. I saw McDermott interviewed earlier today and they asked McDermott, 
what does he think about that Josh Allen, I mean, the uh, Derrick Henry play? And he says, hey, we just see it all the time on TV, but um, Monday night's a new game. And and I think that and was the best way to props, play. Props to Norman for trying to tackle him. You know, yeah, yeah, we've seen not not the smartest uh, approach to it, but yeah, the way his technique was was a little high, a <laughs> little high. <laughs> so sorry to interrupt. Continue. Aaron. No, that's okay. We shut him down and we forced Tannehill into the pa- into a passing game. And you made the comment earlier that shades of Miami. You remember when he was at the Dolphins and uh, he was with Ooh, the uh, boy, do I when he was with quarterback Whisperer who went to the Jets. <laughs> so crazy uh, eyes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, if we shut him down, uh, I think we have a, a, a real good opportunity, and we'll come up with my score later on to shut down the, oh, we'll the get tight we'll offense. Get we'll get there. Evan, uh, what matchup are you looking forward to in this uh, contest? I don't really have a goofy one this week. Um, turns out my matchup uh, ended up succeeding pretty well for the Bills because Chris Jones succumbed to his wrist. For that week, and I guess he's out this week. <laughs> I guess he's out this week as well. Um, but uh, probably my main matchup uh, is going to be uh, Levi Wallace versus whoever they're going to line up against them. Whether that it probably um, AJ Brown, I would imagine. Sure, um, he'll get a taste of both for sure. Yeah, we'll see if he can. Because I I wouldn't expect as much as I like Wallace, I wouldn't expect him to lock either of them down. Um, so let's just see how well he can contain both of them and hopefully not give up any of those, uh, any big chunk plays. Yeah. Um, did he, was he, he doesn't even, he didn't even play last time, right? It was just Norman. Uh, no. It was, or it was Norman and Norman. Lewis. Those are the top two. Both yeah, white it was and Norman Lewis. And then they had, uh, right. Marlowe playing big nickel. Yeah. <laughs> he had three safeties on the field. That game was horrible. Yeah, yeah, it was a horrible game. It was just so frustrating to watch. And then we were like, of oh. course, we were pissed off because of the whole, you know, oh yeah, COVID yeah. thing, and then had right. to prepare for two teams in a week and all right. that. Like it was. Yeah. And then I had to rush. I had to make up some excuse so I could leave work to get home to watch oh. the game. Oh gosh! <laughs> and then you get home and watch the game, and you're like, I wish I stayed at work. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then yeah. I did the same thing the next week because it was like, what? It was like five o'clock on Monday. Five o'clock. Yeah, five o'clock game. Like, this is really messing with my schedule. Uh, I was going to, my mind was a little different, but I was going to go with um, the physicality of the Buffalo defensive backs versus uh, these top wide receivers. But since you already, you know, you went with a cornerback, I'm going to say Allen versus the zone defense on prime time. I mentioned at the top how it uh, last week reminded me of the San Francisco game. And I can see a lot more of that where, you know, you get the David Salah just looking up looking up to the sky, wondering when this game is going to be over. Could there be intervention? Um, I expect Josh Allen to pick this defense apart. I know last year when we, we, we were in it in the third quarter, we had, we were driving and then he got Allen got played on one of uh, the coverages um, where he threw that interception down the sideline. Um, and I, I firmly believe if we scored on that, we, we could have gotten ourselves back into the game. Uh, but I just my my matchup I'm looking forward to is is Josh Allen versus uh, that zone coverage on primetime specifically. Um, moving on, I added a new segment uh, stat of the game. So basically, we're just going to get our just one stat that we can uh, put our stamp on and call out that we uh, think is going to happen. So Herm, why don't you lead us off? 
The stat of the game. The stat of the game is going to be. I have a feeling uh, that Diggs is going to go over a hundred yards. You dog. You dog. Give me like something specific so we can we can we can. Uh, oh, you want specific? Wager. Um, yeah, I want it down to the yard and anything else. I think yeah, Diggs because uh, his brother's been getting it. They've been talking about his brother all week, so I think you know this uh, and Josh. I've always felt that's his security blanket. So I think uh, Diggs will go for 150 yards in receiving this game. Any touchdowns? One. All right. Evan? One. This one pleases me. This, is, this one pleases me very much to, to predict. Isaiah McKenzie gets his first touchdown of the, the year. Ah. Hell yeah, little dirty. Let's go. <laughs> I hope you're right. He's kind of just disappeared. And uh, I'm certainly not an Isaiah McKenzie hater. I'm a big fan of the guy. But the reason why I called you a dog, Herm, is because my stat of the game is Stefan Diggs, 135 <gasps> yards and two oh, touchdowns. Oh, really? So you're going to go with it? You're going? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Trying to, right. trying, trying to one-up each other on how well <laughs> the, okay, the, that's a, a Bills players, that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. I got 15 uh, yeah, more right. yards and one less touchdown. All yeah. right, okay. Wow, you Herm, you're such a hater. <laughs> <laughs> well, you called me Nostradamus in the introduction. <laughs> yeah. You remember you called me Nostradamus in the introduction. So. You did. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did. Reading, Excuse me. Yeah, um, I was reading your mind. Well, the, the thing is, usually I have a backup, but this one I was like, no, these are going to, this is one <laughs> prediction out of 22 players. It could be anything. So next time I'll come up with a backup. All right, fellas, it's the time to get to our keys to victory. Herm, give us your uh, number one key to victory on offense. On offense, it's uh, Josh doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, that's the key to victory. If we don't have, if we play a clean game, I think as you said that um, he will. I mean, Sorry. Oh, <laughs> That's good. You can hear me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. I think if um, if we have a clean game, if if uh, we don't turn the ball over, um, that we're gonna win, and we should win convincingly. So, and that comes down to the turn. I mean, I'm looking if Josh doesn't turn the ball over, as as you said last year, that interception he threw, and I remember it distinctly because I thought we had an opportunity to come back there, and even though we weren't, we didn't play well. I mean, all the uncertainty involved with the game because of COVID, and there was a there was a whole bunch of variables that came that took place that you know brought a lot of uncertainty. Preparation it was tough to prepare for that game, so we've had an opportunity now for uh, we got eight days after that Sunday night game, and if Josh doesn't turn the ball over and we play a nice clean game, I think we can win convincing. Evan, um, I'm going to say. Uh the main key to victory will be the usage of the secondary receivers against the um, uh, Titans secondary. Um, mainly because I am curious right now as to who Bayard is going to play on. So whether that be Knox as tight end, whether they'll have him cover a receiver or have him uh, follow around. They, they probably won't have him follow around Singletary or Moss because their running backs but um i would just like to see how play goes away from him and i think if alan can exploit um basically 
everywhere else in that secondary and make sure Bayard is as far away from the direction of his pass as possible, I think he can succeed. I like it. Uh, for me, I'm going to say uh, confuse and exploit this ragtag group of defenders. There's something that you lose outside of just talent when you get your backups in, and that's cohesion. And this this defense is is very out of sync with each other. Um, I think what the first thing that bre- I think the first thing that breaks down um, when you're dealing with teams like this is assignments. And if you get a lot of jet motion, and this is big for you, Evan, the Isaiah McKenzie, you get him moving around and you get guys confused to their, you know, who their keys are, uh, who they're covering. And, you know, some, sometimes that leads to big openings downfield. And that's something that you saw that I didn't mention when we were talking about their defense is there's a lot of busted coverage and big, big plays. So, um, you know, confuse these guys. Dable hasn't used a lot of trick plays up until uh, up until now, and so maybe we'll see a couple of those to, to confuse them. Moving on to the defense, Herm, give us your uh, key to victory for the defense. Well, I think, uh, as I said earlier, shut down their run game first and foremost and force them into passing situations. And uh, our defense as a unit has been extremely cohesive. Uh, the our I, uh, I've said this a few times over the past few weeks. I feel our safety tandem is the best in the league. They don't get their props. Um, players back played well and Hyde, Hyde, they had a, they had an article in the Buffalo paper today that they feel Hyde is the best free safety that the Bills have had in their history. And I can pretty much, except for the first four, maybe four or five years, attest to their history and. I would have to agree with them. So I think Herman right confirms there, it. Yeah, that's I yeah, that was a that was an article in Buffalo Paper today that they they proclaim Mike Hyde as the best free safety in Buffalo Bills history. So I'm uh, co-signing that one as a Bills fan since about sixty-five. So the first four or five years I was like you were when the Bills were in their their heyday. Uh, <laughs> I was a little bit older, but but uh I wasn't on the scene yet. I hadn't gotten to Buffalo. But if we shut down that run game, force Tannehill into passing, and he gets that deer-in-the-headlight look, I think uh, it's our game for the taking and convincingly. Shut down the run. I like it. Evan, what's your key to victory for the defense? Um, I think that Tennessee is going to be a lot more careful uh, with the ball compared to some of the teams that uh, the Bills have played this year. So the key is going to be at what point do the bills get that key turnover i think tennessee is going to turn the ball over maybe once and let's just hope that it's not you know at midfields in the middle of the second quarter when i don't know when the game's tied or something not that that wouldn't be a big deal but uh if you can get uh a key stop when they're down in the red zone or you can uh, pick a, a ball off when they're at their own 20-yard line. Uh, that would be much preferred over any other option. So I just think they're going to get a turnover. I just would like it to be at the perfect time. Let, let's, uh, let's get another pick six or yeah. a strip yeah. sack fumble. I guess I'll go with the obvious. 
pressure Tannehill. Just get a, get him uncomfortable. Like Herm put it put it best, deer in headlights. We were so accustomed to Tannehill being hot garbage in Miami, specifically when he played the Bills. Even the games that they won, he's never really performed well. So last week or last year's game versus Tennessee, you know that was another layer, you know, of 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 insult that that was added to that game because he played great. You know, there's no yeah. denying it. He played a hell of a game, and he got a little cocky and showboated sure at the end, yeah. and I didn't like it. And I'm sure Me these neither. players don't either. Yeah, and uh, you know, going into how we believe it's going to play out and predictions, uh, you know, I'll let that speak for itself. But I think that the defensive line is going to be licking their chops. I think uh, we will blitz more than last year. I mean, you can't really or last last game against the Chiefs can't really blitz any less than we did. Um, I don't. I still. I still think they'll rely on their front four because we do have to respect their passing game. Um, and then I guess just something to add on to it is, uh, you know, just ha- making sure those linebackers don't get sucked up in the run all the time. I think that'll be key. Although Evan, you alluded to their their play action has not been as high, so hopefully we don't have to worry about that um, too much. Yeah. Herm, how's this game? How do you see it playing out? And then uh, follow up with a prediction. I see us uh, coming up offensively. I've said this the last couple of weeks. Uh, I said it prior to the Kansas City game. I don't feel there's a defense in the league that can stop our offense when the offense is firing on all cylinders. And we talked about uh, ascending. I think our offense, um, somebody told me this earlier in the week when after the Kansas City game, I told them I think we should have put up 50 in that game. And they told me I say that every week. And that, that, but you my, <laughs> my do. point, I do. But my point being, and, and you were there it's with not me. not out watching, of reality. Yeah, watching the game. Okay, we got. We score, we get a fumble on the uh, ensuing kickoff. We came away with no points on that one, if you remember. We took a holding penalty, a grounding penalty, and uh, we came up empty. Right there, you left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, so you left points on the board. There were, uh, let's see, there's another situation, but I believe we can score on anybody. Now, as you used the word earlier, I love it, ragtag. The ragtag defense, even though Tennessee... They lost to the Jets a couple of weeks ago. So the Jets put up, what, 27, I think, or whatever the final score, 27-24 in overtime. But you lost to the Jets. So right now, I feel that we can uh, put up a lot of points on them. We can hold them down. And you want my score? So that's how I'm finishing up this little. My score is uh, 35-21, Buffalo. All righty. 14 point win. The Bills are going to get the ball first. They are going to score immediately. Uh, They're going to stop Tennessee on their first possession, score again, and then they can sort of realize that, okay, Tennessee can't afford to run the ball quite as much and they won't have as much success on the play action. And then if they have to do resort to straight dropbacks, I think the Bills will end up getting pressure on Tannehill. Um, so because of that, I'm going to say the score ends up being 31 to 17. 31 17. Listen, you guys, 
I'll take those scores, but I think you guys are being too conservative. I don't know. This is this is the game I had circled on my uh, calendar, and I, I've never been more confident. Than, I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna practice what I preach and not like predict like 45 nothing wins for the Bills every single week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Bills will come out throwing at will. I think they'll score at will. Um, I I, there, I don't think there's anything. I think. I think Tennessee will try to play coverage and then just like a lot of other teams just get frustrated and start trying to send the house. And it's just, you're damned if you do damned, if you don't. Um, and Allen will just end up picking apart this defense. Um, and as you alluded to earlier there, if, if they're not going to abandon the run, this is a team that will not abandon the run, but they will have to throw much more than they want, which renders their play action um, much less effective. So I'm going to go 45-17 Bills. Uh, I think it's just Ooh. a big, big win. 45-17. Um, Herm, Herm will be sitting there telling me they could have scored 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to say that. <laughs> well, you will. 45. Don't worry. Hey, 45. All right. 45. Now everyone's favorite segment, the five-day forecast. Uh, last week... Evan, you're falling behind, man. You went two uh, for five. Oof. Me and Herm uh, leveled off three for five each. Um, I got saved by one rushing yard. <laughs> they had a, like 121, and the Chiefs had 120. Um, and then that uh, penalty, roughing the passer, saved Herm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that would have been the interception that we we expected. And as it happened, I looked at Herm. I was like, "Ah, hey, it's just a long punt." But, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, and then it's like, oh, okay. Well, I was not show up on a stat sheet because so that Mitch, that Mitch Morris hold was bullshit. That was not a yeah, was. yeah, yeah. Well, and then the roughing the quarterback on us. I mean, he got him low. That was on. It was Oliver. I yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm not even. They're arguing over an 18 point loss, or they're blaming the refs over. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I? Oh, uh, do we have time for me to go on like a solid five minute rant at the end of the show? Maybe not five minutes, but you can get it in your final thought for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Monday, Tannehill accounts for, ready? Listen, ready, Herm? Visualize yeah. it. Accounts for a combination of five or more sla- sacks slash turnovers. Is that cloudy. understood? Yeah, cloudy. Cloudy. Okay, you, but you understood what I was going with, right? Yeah, the, the combination of sacks and turnovers equaling five. Exactly. How about you, Evan? I am going to go. I'm going to say Sunny on that one because I think. Yeah, because that... I know I, I I heard you saying one turnover, and I was like, well, then he probably thinks there's going to be quite a bit of sacks. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why is either they will resort to the play action a little bit, and the Bills will get pressure on those, or um, or it's just <laughs> the fact that. Grant, you know, I didn't predict fifty-one to sixteen, but I like his mindset. Kenny, I like that too. <laughs> yeah. That's um, convincing. <laughs> uh, crap, where was I? Oh, but, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, or uh, you know, they don't. Uh, the Titans don't exactly have like a huge threat in the passing game uh, at at the running back position, so it's going to be harder for them to just sort of dump off passes if there's pressure quickly or if they're they blitz 
So their only of, their only success in the running game when with passing is screen. They they're a good screen team. I will give them that. I didn't mention when they call that, design screens. That, yes. Yeah. But if there's but like a check down, like check downs, like about. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Um, yeah, Henry just doesn't. He's he's not a, a passing game kind of guy. So, um, so yeah, I think because of that, they'll end up getting four sacks at least. Herm Henry for Tuesday. Henry held under seventy rushing yards total. 69 or less. Nice. Cloudy. So he'll have his biggest performance against the Bills, unless he gets 73. Yeah, I'll give him if he gets 75 yards on 20 carries. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? I'll take that average. I'm going to go cloudy as well on that one. Um, I think that, yeah, this will be the time where he might, I think he's going to have a, a good game. Like, it's not just going to be like a solely volume thing. Um, but even if he doesn't have a good game, I could see him getting there solely on volume, if that is the case. Right. Yeah, and get that one run. That that puts him over the edge. The thing is, the Bills are going to invite them to run. They're, don't make a mistake. They're going to focus on stopping the run, but the way they line up, in their base defense is inviting the team to run. I mean, we invited yeah. Kansas City to run, and we said, well, you're not going to do it. So I'm going to stick with you guys, although I do, you know, I don't like to always agree. I think, I don't think you'll get over 100, but I think it'll be somewhere between 70 and 100. Wednesday, the Titans go for it on fourth down on their side of the 50. Keynote, they have a backup punter. What do you think, Herm? On their side of the 50, which could be the 49. Could be. Could be the 30, like the Chiefs or you know, Houston. <laughs> what did Houston go for? The it? Texans, right, right. Oh. Yeah. Uh, now nah, I'm going to go Cloudy on that one. They don't want to give us bill position. You, you're living in the UK right now. I uh, am. Yeah. Rainy. <laughs> what's, what's up? Uh, what do you think, Evan? I'm going to say Sunny on that one. Um, you know, I understand like the field position argument, but the Bills offense has been like so good that it's almost like at this point where it's like if you give them good field position, you kind of just go like, oh, well, they were going to score anyways, no matter when we where we yeah. gave them the ball. So just try to hold giving them to the field a possession, goal. Yeah. yeah. Giving up a possession is far more dangerous than giving this team 30 yards, you know, netting 40 yards, whatever. Whatever yeah. they end up getting. So I'm with you. I'm going to go clear. Um, I think on twofold because teams have been doing it against us. I mean, they haven't been successful unless we, uh, you know, accrued a penalty. Other than that, they've done it. And uh, not having a starting punter to go into that decision as well. Herm, Thursday, Beasley has five or more receptions. Clear. Yeah. Sunday, Monday, you mean, not Thursday. No, no, Thursday in the forecast. Oh, fourth question. <laughs> you, you say, no, no, it's I, like I, you say, you say Thursday to like trip us up so that we both get it wrong. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, look, yeah, that's yeah, an obvious, that, that's that, obvious Evan, clear. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah, it's an audible like, illusion. Yeah. Five, well, that was five, five receptions, right? Yeah. No, I say clear. Yes. What do you think, Evan? On the Monday night football at, 8.15, he will proceed <laughs> to 
you will Monday proceed night. to have at least five catches in that game. So clear. Okay. Uh, I think it'll be a bounce back game. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what his his uh, snap count will be because that has definitely been a trend. Um, we'll find out if it's game plan specific or what have you. Because, like I mentioned on the post game sh- uh, show, they said they had supreme confidence in him, but they also said that about Cody Cody Ford. And you know who comes off the bench before Cody Ford? Ike Bucker. Uh, finally. Friday, Herm, the Music City Miracle replays on the broadcast. You're kidding. I'm serious. Are they gonna are they gonna show the stupid play? Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just yeah. giving so us clear, the, clear, that's a that's soft clear. that's a soft one. Yeah. That's oh. clear. Yeah, that's yeah. Clear. No, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I will tell you this, you say there's things that piss you off. That one there uh, yeah, yeah, that one lives in infamy in my yeah. mind. Yeah, that yes, that's clear. I think that's unanimous right there. Uh clear. All right. Uh, before we get to our final rant. Oh, sorry, what did you say, Evan? I'm like that's I'm like, thank you for mentioning that though, because that's something I need to bring up oh, yeah. in our final thoughts. Okay. Well, it's leading you up. Uh but before we go, there was one from Kenny. Rousseau, two sacks and five tackles. What say you, Herm? <sighs> yeah. Clear. Right, that's that a, happening. Yeah. It's a solid like, stat line. I like that, Kenny. What do you yeah. think, Evan? Uh I'm going yeah, I, I think that's feasible. It is. Yeah. Uh that's something I wouldn't be confident enough in to like assign like a clear or cloudy thing to, but Yeah, I would take cloudy because I would just alter it a, a tad. It'd be one point five sacks. And Which five is, tackles. I freaking hate half sacks. <laughs> yeah, half yeah, really. sacks should not be a stat. I understand that, like, when more than one person gets because them. then it opens up the door for a third of a sack. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just it, just the the whole concept of like two guys beat their man and then get to the quarterback at the exact same time, and it's like, oh well, you don't get as much of a sack because your cohort on the other end also did his job. You got to split it. You got to divide it. Yeah. It's equity. Um. <laughs> Uh yeah. Uh also a shout out to Greg Rousseau in the run game. Yes. That's his he's whew. talk about setting the edge. It's great. Also, to see. Yeah. also saw the uh, the wide receiver Greg Rousseau make an appearance. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. that should have been good, on the those uh, were good yeah. videos. Yeah. That was a good video. Yeah. That was a fun that, that was a fun clip to to see of his. Obviously, uh not something that would sustain very well in the NFL. Because you know, when you're six six and high or however tall he is in high school. You can kind of get by just by being tall. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, Herm, before we get out of here, final thoughts. My final thoughts are, I look back to last year when we had the back-to-back games against Kansas City and Tennessee. Here we are again, back-to-back in reverse order. We've taken care of business on that first, uh, the, the first loss from last year. Now we have an opportunity against Tennessee. And both are in Tennessee, and we have an opportunity to go to five and one on the bye week. And uh, I think, as Evan said earlier, for back-to-back games, I think these are the when we looked at the schedule initially, and now even as we move into the season, this may be the two toughest games we have back-to-back. And we're coming. Uh, I think 
the Kansas City game gives us uh, psychologically a great deal of confidence. The, the league has become aware of us. They were aware of us anyway. We were in the championship game, but I think they see us as a much, much more formidable opponent. We were number one in a bunch of power rankings, too. I don't think we are the top five in any that I saw. So uh, we're a five and a half point favorite on the road against a pretty good team. So I'm looking forward to us picking up this uh, this win, finishing out this uh, week six, five and one, take the bye, and then we move on to uh, and one of my favorite terms. We move on into the riffraff section. And yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll finish our uh, revenge tour. 2021 right. and uh take a bye and then like you said go into that easy easy part of the schedule <laughs> evan grace us with your uh monologue okay so i this is 100 percent going to be uh brought up during the game and it's perfect that you you mentioned the uh the music city miracle the home run throwback whatever the hell you want to call it um because this this was a pretty big thing after the the game against the Chiefs, and despite the fact that they won by eighteen points, um, I mentioned this in in the CFR chat. Um, if you if I I went on Twitter, and frankly, if I didn't know any better, I would think the Bills had lost because people were just talking, or Bills Mafia in particular were talking about the refs. They were talking about Chris Collinsworth. They were talking about how the league hates the Bills. All these different kinds of things. And it gets to the point where it's just, it's very hard to, to tolerate, which sucks because I want to go online, talk with people, enjoy that the Bills are doing well. So um, this is just sort of a, a heads up. And a, a especially, I don't want to be doing this now because, you know, with all the things that have come out about, like the, the different emails that the NFL has been hiding and all that kind of things, I don't want, really want to defend the NFL. But just because they are going to inevitably show the most significant play in the history of Bills versus Titans does not mean that the network hates you. I hope you understand that because I, I always see it. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. It makes me mad whenever I see something like that. You bring up an awesome point because... You know, the Bills fans are insufferable on some occasions. Now, me and Herm were cussing out Chris Collinsworth the whole broadcast, but <laughs> after after the uh, the clock strikes triple zero, I could care less of what he said. Yeah, thank you. Talking you trash, you look like an idiot. The more you keep talking, so uh, you know I'm right there with you. Well, um, you know, at the end of the game, he was like, he, I remember he when it uh, was on the call. Uh, I think it was the the last Sanders touchdown. He was like. Okay, he's the MVP. Okay, he's the MVP. Yeah, and like, I'm like, and I'm, and then it's, and then it's like, I I see some Bills guys like, oh, he just trashes Josh Allen 100 percent of the time. He just called him the MVP. Like, what are you? <laughs> In jest. In jest, yeah. though, you know. So I I understand it, but after you win, like, I don't care. Whatever. Good. Keep you talking. It. I, I, yeah, like it's like Herm says. You play. You put the put the game on mute. Put some music on. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> Um, I like this one. Our revenge tour is going to finish by beating the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. I would like that, Madison Park. <laughs> yeah. The Cardinals last year was that meme of the guy in third place with the girl and the uh, the champagne, and he's shaking it. And he's freaky. He's, he's losing his mind. And it's like, dude, you just beat the Bills, and then you went one and one and whatever to finish the rest of your season and yeah. miss the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I like um, that. I like that one though. Yeah, I, it's. I don't think that I don't think the Cardinals will make it to the Super Bowl, but 
Yeah. It'll be nice. The, the, I think uh, the Cardinals are looking awfully good this year. They are. They are. They but I don't. Good. You know, I don't. I think they're too young to win in the playoffs. I don't know. Many times. I don't know. They got. They Ertz is a good pickup for them. Yeah, especially it, since um, yeah. Max Williams went down. Ever that. since ever since Ertz, Ertz left the Bills, I mean, it's been a tough <laughs> loss for us. He <laughs> yeah. will always be a Bills Bills legend. Zach yes. Ertz. Yeah. Um, I mentioned last time in my uh, final thoughts about how each year the Bills have quote unquote trust the process, and every year it was a new hurdle, and we've always cleared it. And last night was super indicative, or last week was indicative of of everything I kind of wanted to say, and it, it went it went it went as it should have. You know, we've we've it's it's you make fun of the tropes. Everyone does. And the funny and the scary part is, is McDermott means it and they follow through. I mentioned on a, on a different show that there's like 18 players on this bill's defense that can fill in at any given time. And there's not, there's nothing, no loss. They're, they're, they're truly all players of the same defense. It's not just a, you know, a backup who kind of has to figure it out. So going into this game, you know, everyone talks about, oh, is it going to be a trap game? Are they going to, are they going to come down? Uh, are they going to, you know, feeling themselves, so to speak? And the answer is unequivocally no. Um, can they lose? Of course, you can lose any given Sunday, but this is a team that will beat you any Sunday. They will beat this Titans team any Sunday because they are just better. They're better coached. They have more talent. They have the better quarterback. They have the better defense. So. Like I've mentioned throughout this this stream and on many other podcasts, this was the the game I was looking forward to the most. And I I not only do I want, but I I I objectively feel that the Bills are just gonna wipe the floor, and they're not gonna let give up. They're not gonna let up. You're gonna see you're gonna see Mitch in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, just like we did against Washington or against Houston, and and kind of Washington as well, but. Um, this is just another notch in the belt for this Buffalo Bills team. And, uh, you know, until next time, uh, keep, keep tuning in at the cold front report. We'll, uh, we'll do something for, for the bye week I think we'll get a couple other guys in here and just kind of, you know, do something fun. But, uh, until next time, everyone stay safe out there and go Bills. Go Bills. Bills.